Stick with the plan, Rochelle. Stick with the plan. This podcast may contain adult language and content not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. 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 So advised. Welcome in. Welcome in to another episode of Glamazons and Labricons, mm-hmm. where two women at opposite ends of the height spectrum offer their unique perspectives on culture and society. I am the six foot fabulous Tracy Payne Black. I'm the five foot furious Rochelle Sharma. And it's that time of year, holiday after holiday, mm-hmm. Memorial Day, the Fourth of to July, get outside and play. then Labor Day, and all of those are great barbecue days. And pool time, pool time, pool time. And margarita, margarita, margarita. I'm currently enjoying one. You are? Yeah, it's good. So we're going to talk about, um, because we had a recent barbecue, and we're going to talk about some of our um, favorite barbecue delights that we will share with you. Some of our summertime grilling recipes. Exactly. Typically in the summer when we have a party, Rochelle has an awesome backyard pool complete with lovebirds that visit Uh and stare at us and chat about us and judge us. Yes. And peach face is silently judging you. Yes. So Rochelle usually (laughs) handles the meat. I do. And we bring the sides. I usually bring dessert Mm -hmm. and like chips. That's me. Yep. Um, Casey Masterpiece lays barbecue family size bag. Right. So so normally Mm -hmm. what I do is a meat and two sides. And uh, then Karen, Karen does an appetizer and a side, and then you do an appetizer and a dessert. Yes, I that's think usually me. Usually how we lay it out. Appetizer and dessert, or just chips and a dessert. Or, and I usually bring like margarita mix yeah. or some sort of liquor. Also, we should note that this, these barbecue um, items that we will discuss will not involve beef, because if you recall. Yep. No beef at my barbecue. No beef at the barbecue. So how do you have an awesome barbecue? Um, where's the beef? Right. With no beef. And you can have an awesome barbecue without your all beef hot dogs. Or in fact, any hot dog you usually avoid, right? Because yeah. you can't trust it. Right. So, so no hot dogs at my barbecues. But honestly, since I went to cooking school, it would kind of seem a shame for me to plunk <laughs> out uh hot dogs for my guests right exactly. i think the closest was when i made burgers but also no beef in the burgers so i made turkey burgers for all my guests exactly and those were delicious when yeah. you made those before but that was last summer we haven't had a party yet with your turkey burgers this summer i think the turkey burgers were actually two summers ago really because been... michelle is extremely lazy and they were more work <laughs> than she counted on it was a bit of work yeah so uh even though i do provide all of the lovely meat entree um I am lazy. I try to make it as easy as possible. And what falls into that core category is ribs. ribs. Yep. So easy. Get up early, prep them, shove them in the oven. Now I've got six hours to do loads of other stuff, including taking a nap before my guests get there. So let's talk about what kind of ribs do you get at the store? What do you try? What do you try to get? Um, I will do baby back or St. Louis. It depends on who's on sale and who looks good too really i just kind of take a look at what's available because there have been there have been parties where i had intended to do baby back but they just didn't look good so i went with the st louis how does a rib look good that's an excellent question and i really think it just has to do with you look at the color and you look at the fat patterning and those are those are my two big things. Is it a pleasant color? And does it is it nice and marbly, or is the fat concentrated? And if so, where? Because as they sit in the oven for about six hours, what you're doing is you're having all of that fat render out of the meat. Right? It comes out, just melts. Pork fat melts at about two twenty five, two fifty. And you just do it low and slow the whole way, and let all of that fat melt out. But here's the thing. If it's not nice and marbly, say it's just a fat pad where it's just a chunk of fat, that fat doesn't melt out as nicely and you wind up with portions of your ribs being very dry. So you want to kind of see it all through the muscle tissue and then as it goes out slowly, 
your uh, the meat doesn't dry out. So and that kind of comes into the color too, because you want to see a decent amount of dark meat in addition to the light meat, and you want to see where the light meat is to avoid dry spots. So you want it to you want to look for marble texture, mm-hmm. just as you would in a yeah. in a good steak. Baby back usually has a pretty <clears throat> large line of white meat pork running across the top and that can be problematic because that can dry out very easily so you put it in the oven you start in the morning Mm -hmm. and it's what 250 you said you said you said the oven on 250 250 to 225 depending on how long i think i've got to cook it so if i start off a little later than i should it's usually 250 but if i do it nice and early if i can get them all washed and dried and seasoned and uh wrapped up and into the oven by nine i'll do 225 Okay, so 225, mm-hmm. What what's your prep after you wash them down? What kind of seasoning do you do? Well, you got to wash them down. You have to trim off any excess fat that you know isn't really going to render the way you want. Um, and then you have to flip them over and rip the silver skin off the inside of them. It's very Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Sounds like it. But that's a good, that's a, that's a really good way to know Um, if your ribs are going to turn out well too, because if that silver skin pulls off in just a nice solid piece, those are going to be really good ribs. If it kind of rips off in strips, it doesn't stay in one piece. Um, I don't know if that means that the animal was older or that it was in the freezer too long. I'm not sure what it indicates, but I know that those ribs, I got to really watch because they might dry out or they might be very stringy. So the ribs that you made um, this past weekend, did did it come off in one strip? Oh, yeah. Yeah, All they were really good. Stripped off in one nice strip, and I knew, I was like, oh, these are going to be good. Yes. Then um, I like to have my ribs room temperature and bone dry. So, uh, you know, you take them out of the fridge, you wash them off in cool water to kind of take the fridge chill off of them. Pat them dry with cloth. I know people use paper towels, but I always think like, is this going to be the one time that a piece comes off and somebody finds it in their mouth? So I use um, the muslin. Uh, like cheesecloth or? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but basically uh, a, a, a kitchen towel with no fibers yeah. is a good way to put it. Um, and then I kind of let them sit and drain for a moment because a lot of times you'll wind up, and this sounds really gross, but like it helps kind of drain some of the blood out of the bone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got a grossed out look on her face, but yeah. this is how you do yes. it, kids. Well, you know, um, <laughs> side note real quick, you know, this is great having Rochelle give all of this information because um, if our usual listeners recall, I, I don't cook a lot of meat. I've never made ribs. Now, I do a lot of baking. Yeah. And I cook, um, but mostly seafood and then, you know, pastries. Um Cinnamon rolls. They, they don't tend to bleed out of brand. their bones right. so, so badly. And, and <laughs> you know, I try to go vegan for a while. I eat mostly fish. I don't eat chicken. And I haven't, like, I occasionally want a steak. And I haven't mastered really how to do that. My steaks are now, okay, I would rather, it doesn't have the char or the, it, the flavor I want that mm-hmm. you would get from, like, a steakhouse. So, or the Ramsey steak method is it, the best. Right, where you, like, what, do it and then you put it in the oven. Yeah. For, and, yeah, for the last Just couple minutes. super hot pan, mm-hmm. garlic, yeah. butter herbs and steaks can be expensive so if you screw it up that's that so i i I like leaving the meat to you so thank you for sharing um divulging (laughs) your recipes to us okay so okay so so get back to your seasoning right so then i make my own rub i blend that up while it's sitting and drying off and then i rub the underside of the ribs first i believe in seasoning both sides flip it over onto some foil shiny side in and i put a lot of rub on top okay so what's in your rub rub is um, is it like emerald's essence or is it your own kind of. thing but no, yours, no, no. yours has like an indian right. twist that has to do with the cumin that i use yes yeah because but that's in a um, lot of um, mexican dishes as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is so toast up the cumin if you've got time grind it down to a powder if you don't i just leave the seeds on it's okay but what goes into my rub is um cayenne pepper paprika garlic salt pepper uh a little bit of powdered ginger just a pinch a little bit of cinnamon a little bit of nutmeg kind of to get the depth that barbecue flavor depth to it um and then brown sugar and i don't think i'm missing anything i think that's everything i put in there 
Uh, I usually will mix up a whole bunch of the spices and leave those in a container in my cupboard. And then I'll just add the brown sugar right when I'm going to put it on the meat. So I keep all the spices blended up and in a jar separately. And then I'll do like a tablespoon of spice to roughly a third cup of brown sugar. Mix that all together and then season the whole rib with that. Then you just uh, wrap it up nice and tight and foil and shove it in the oven. I don't even put a pan underneath it, but they might drip because the bones have a tendency to maybe poke through the foil or the foils... Um, not as sealed up as you thought it was mm -hmm. so i like to put a big big sheet pan under just the case. oven rack to catch the dripping i don't like to put it under the ribs though i i have a convection oven so i want that hot air moving around the whole thing yeah, yeah. okay so if you got them in at the time that you wanted mm -hmm. how long are they in the oven six hours six hours so my aim is <clears throat> in the oven by nine out by three then I get them sauced and on the grill, and we eat by 3.30. Yeah, so they, they these have two cookings. One's yes. in the oven, and then you bring them out to the grill. Right. So tell us about that step. Is your grill, like, oh, super duper hot? Not. If I recall, it was on fire. No, it's supposed okay, to be. because I was like, oh, my gosh. Clearly, gosh, you don't you, grill. Like, right? Like, Nairish, <laughs> the grill is on fire, and you were inside. It was yeah. smoking and scaring me. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no. no. It's, it's okay. It's just burning so off old stuff. So that's just burning off old stuff. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. you have to run it on high for a little bit, because you want the whole, the body of it to heat up. You want the grill to heat up. You want to burn off all that old stuff. And I mean, like, burn it off to where you brush it, and it just turns into dust burn it off so it is not unusual for my grill to catch on fire at all but trust me if i'm not panicking you shouldn't be panicking if i've walked away from it it's because it's not a danger so you <laughs> sauce them up i do and you know what it's really funny i go through all of this trouble and then my favorite sauce is sweet baby rays yeah because i find that one of two things it is the most complimentary to the rub that i make it mm -hmm. tastes the best with it and i feel like Sweet Baby Ray's is fairly well balanced. I like the spicy one. And I feel like he's got a good balance between barbecue sauce flavor and heat. Whereas some of the other ones I've tried, like I think it's Famous Dave's, has one called Devil Spit. It's all heat with no real flavor to it. And, and I'm like, like well, any chunk can too. do that. I think there's a brown sugar, I don't um, know. The one that I got that I thought you might like, that was on the baby temperature ribs. That was brown sugar hickory. Yes, that one. That and one's my favorite. My and then there's son, a Hawaiian. There is. And mm -hmm. I, the Hawaiian one's pretty good. We like that one. But my son, his favorite one is the honey chipotle sweet baby ribs. That's right. Because there is a really nice smokiness to that one. So if I recall, there were three racks of ribs and mm -hmm. you had three different flavor options. Yes. So Junior, for you. Yes. Uh, then John's favorite, and then Neeraj's favorite. Right, and you told me not to eat the spicy one. Yeah, I was yeah. like, no, because then you'll make that noise the whole time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, she's going to like suck air in too fast one time and take a rib straight down her throat. I probably will. And choke at my party and ruin everything. So, <laughs> so I've used sweet baby rays before. So I'm not good at doing steaks, and I've never done ribs. But what I do, what I am pretty good at, is doing like a pork roast in the instant pot mm -hmm. or crock pot and then either making Stick like barbacoa yeah. or you know yes on the broiler or then making um you know like barbecued sandwiches and i use mm -hmm. the uh i use sweet baby raisin it is the best yum yum i yum. just think it's i think it's the most complimentary to any spices that you want to use with your meat i would never use it as a standalone it does require a rub but it works really well uh, with any of any time any t way that I blend the spices like if it's for us personally it's much spicier than what I blend for you guys <laughs> right. um, but sweet baby race still tastes great with it and then I've had where I've decided to do instead of uh, my rub I'll do there's a, Mediter a Mediterranean blend of uh, spice called Sadaf. I get the Sadaf Mediterranean blend and I'll do that on the pork. It's fantastic. And Sweet Baby Ray's tastes really good with that too. Yeah. I mean, they're all just basic, the same spice in different ratios, but... But they make a difference, yeah. you know, when you when you eat them and they're really good. Yeah. They were really good. I wish I had more um, for leftovers the day after. I was really excited this barbecue by doing, uh, by trying out the... Um, 
the spring rolls on you guys. Yes, that's what I was going to bring up and next. You could tell that I hadn't eaten anything all day because I crammed three of those spring rolls in my pile. I was so hungry and I was so excited to eat them. All right, so let's back up because a few days before that, you had made these shrimp spring rolls like Thai style and posted right. a picture. And I was like, what the hell? I want that. They were so good. And then for the party, I had eliminated the vermicelli that you usually get in your spring rolls. So we're talking about when you go to the Thai restaurant and they're beautiful. Of course, they're beautiful. They use that rice uh, wrapper wrap. that mm -hmm. goes clear when you warm it up in, well, when you soak it in the hot water. Um, so it was just very large shrimp. Oh man, those shrimp were good. They were great. Too. Did you know when I bought those, they were already cooked. I couldn't believe how good they were. I've had some other already cooked shrimp. And they're and rubbery. They're and rubbery. Nasty. These were a little bit pricey, but well worth it. Did you get them from the Asian market? No, I didn't. I got them at Fry's because they had a big sale. And I was like, those look good. So tell us what was in your um, Normally, shrimp. Um, what would you say? What would you call them? Thai shrimp wraps? Yeah. Spring rolls. Spring. Because when you say spring roll, I think of a fried, right. fried spring roll. And these are, these are wraps, these, like translucent. You can see them in there. I don't know if they have a different there. name. I know they call them, you know, lettuce wraps. Something like that. At the Thai restaurant. So when you get them from shrimp a Thai restaurant, wraps. they're really beautifully done and everything is very artsy and the herbs are left whole. The leaf is left whole. Like the big basil or whatever exactly yes. well here's the issue that i have with that when i bite into it if i don't bite entirely through that basil leaf then i pull the whole, the whole thing out in my yeah. mouth i don't necessarily like that um also the first time i did them i added the vermicelli and i was like this really isn't necessary extra carbs yeah uh it was just filler and to me it kind of got in the way in tasting some of the subtleties of the herbs and the different vegetables so what so, did you put in it? These bad boys were filled with um, cucumber. What else? Cucumber, green onion, mango, carrots. I blanched a little cabbage because I did like the idea of, I needed a filler in there, if that made sense. Just a little bit. Otherwise, it would be too much of a good thing with the shrimp and they wouldn't be big enough to wrap properly. So a uh, little blanched cabbage. I know I'm forgetting something. What else did I put in there? Oh, there basil? chopped up a little jalapeno, which I forgot I had done. So when you were making that noise, <laughs> I was like, what's she making that noise for? And then I remember I had finally chopped spicy. a jalapeno in there. Um, I also finally chopped a little bit of, no, I used a ginger and garlic paste in with the, a pinch of sesame oil, a tiny bit of, she's making some weird faces, <laughs> a tiny bit of, um, seasoned rice vinegar to dress the fruit uh, the vegetable and the fruit with yes and then i did a chiffonade of cilantro mint and basil yes so Delish. i really like my spring spring rolls to be like very herby yes that's what i like mm -hmm. um and then i i did the chiffonade so that you didn't pull like a whole, whole leaf, leaf out, out in your mm -hmm. mouth because when you do that, it means that you don't get it in another bite, and it tends to dominate that bite. Now, I don't taste shrimp anymore. All, All I, I taste, taste is, is an entire leaf mint. of basil yeah. or an entire leaf of mint. So we've just, uh, my husband and my son were like, oh, we like it chopped so much better because then it's like a more even, even taste right. on the on There's the herbs. continuity throughout the bite. Correct. Not to mention, it makes it so much faster to put these guys together. When you do a traditional spring roll, it is like a tiny work of art. It is. Layer this, it's like sushi. That. Yes. It's a lot of work, kids. Dude, when you do it all chopped and tossed as a salad, especially with that little bit of sesame oil, not only do you get the fragrance, but it means that you just lay the shrimp on the rice uh, wrapper and then you just take a spoonful of this stuff and plop it on top it and right roll in. it up quick yeah it makes it like a hundred times faster so the only problem with the spring rolls and i know this is why the thai restaurant individually wraps each one is because they they stick together yeah and they're really hard to take one apart without po poking a hole in another one yep which is just bad at the form thai restaurant they're making it right before they take it to your table exactly so yeah. it's but yes when you make them in advance it's similar to when i make the crab puffs um if i don't fry those and i let all of the crab puffs sit before i fry them up they they will all stick together yep. in a terrible way and i will have a bowl full of like 80 
crab puffs that turn into one gigantic crab puff and they're really hard to take apart. You know, what I have to figure out is a way to use saran wrap and layering so that they're not touching each other. That's what I've got to figure out. Then I can make them in advance and maybe like lay a layer of saran wrap and space them so that I've got two with saran wrap that are spaced out for room with two more between them. I'll figure that out. Right. Because if you can get them individually wrapped, then they're great. But who wants to sit there and freaking, I've just no. wrapped all this up and then wrap it wrap again. Wrap them again. I'm right. I wasn't too ask, lazy. asking for that. I just, I didn't <laughs> well, want to poke I was, a hole I in I felt one. bad that every time somebody tried to grab one, they were ripping. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man. It was, it was fine though. Yeah. They still fit in our pie holes. Maybe, okay. a, maybe a small piece of lettuce in between each one. You know what? That's not a bad idea. You know, and then on the, t- on the top, yeah. like a layer that yeah, might work. That's not a bad idea. I was actually thinking more like, I was thinking of either like a cupcake or a cake server and doing them in a circular pattern around. And that would give me a tiny gap between <laughs> them. And then I could just put the jar of sauce in the middle. You know, what's so funny. The first time I made them, I went to Lily's. I went down the Thai aisle where I couldn't, and, and I knew to stop when I got to where I couldn't read anything on the cans or the bottles. That's when I know it's good. If the only <laughs> thing I can read is, in is just the name and then everything else is written in the native language, I know that one's going to taste good. If there's lots of, you know, English on the can, then I know sometimes they have changed the recipe to suit a western palate and that can cause issue i had picked up a can of peanut sauce one time it was in english i brought it home and on the top of the can it said hot it was oh it was so bland dude it was just like peanut butter i probably would have enjoyed that Mm, probably so yeah (laughs) i had to stir a lot of chili oil into that let's move to the accoutrement of these shrimp rolls which is the 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 sauces the funny thing was this time i didn't have time to go to lily's i screwed up and goofed off too much the night before so i was over at fry's and i had bought the kroger peanut sauce and I was like this gonna have to do kids and then I thought well Tracy will be able to eat it and it was actually a little spicy and awfully good I was surprised it had a really good taste to it but it was spicy or it was was the jalapeno you put in the roll it might have been both but actually the peanut sauce was a little spicy Neeraj loved it he was like oh I really like this so you had a generic just a regular Kroger Thai peanut peanut sauce sauce. was really good and then you had a chili oil which I avoided at all costs right right? that one's a bit caustic but it's um fried chilies and garlic and oil it's what you get at the Chinese places so good I can't that that's that's not (sighs) me you just I don't even do it full strength I put oil into the bowl yeah like a canola oil and I add a couple of spoons of that chili garlic oh, stuff geez, Louise. and thin it down a little what you, you saw me I just had a breakfast burrito with a little bit of salsa and you saw me like hitting my chest like yeah. I, I have to take it easy and then there was a th- a third as well I had to avoid you had oh, a third that one, sauce that one uh was actually a little more towards Chinese or Japanese that was kind of my well in case you don't like Thai sauces maybe you'll like this it was just um Soy sauce, seasoned vinegar, a little bit of sugar, and then chopped chilies, chopped uh, Thai bird chilies. Oh, but it was the chilies I couldn't. Yeah, Yeah, you couldn't couldn't have have that that one. That was more, that was for me. Even the the peanut sauce one seemed a little hot, but again, it could have been your jalapeno. So so I had brought a backup for the salad I made. Oh, yeah. and, And knowing how spicy you make things, I'll admit, I also brought a backup in... Just in case your accoutrement sauces were going to be too hot for me to enjoy the spring rolls. So I brought a store generic. It was like a peanut. It was a sesame dressing. Oh, yeah. And I enjoyed that. That I was able to. But I, you still heard me do the. Yeah. You know, try well, to get. that's because I, I put a jalapeno in there and I forgot. So you can. We kind of had like a. Asian themed barbecue, but with that and the salad I brought. Oh, Neeraj loved your My salad. salad. Oh yeah. I he was like, what was that? Make that. Make that, that was good. Yeah, I could I, was like, oh, I could of course eat that, like that every day. That was oh, yeah. a recipe I got from an old coworker back in the day, and it is a Asian cabbage salad that is so simple to make. 
I just get a pre-shredded bag of cabbage. Mm-hmm. If you're making a lot, then get two bags, but it, really one bag is enough. Two packages of ramen noodles. It doesn't matter what flavor because you're not going to use a seasoned packet. Right. But I do suggest the ramen noodles. I tried going to the Asian market and getting some other generic weird noodle you know, they're different. Mm-hmm. They're not our westernized ramen noodle that you are used to. And those are the ones you want. So stick with um, the ones that say top ramen. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Stick with those. Those. And so with that, you also need some almonds. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a half a cup or so, depending on how much you want. And Toasted sesame. Now, you can just buy regular sesame and throw them in and toast them. Mm -hmm. But I have a a container of already previously toasted sesame. But that is what you need. So, basically, you put your cabbage in the bowl. You chop up, like, a whole bunch of green onion. Mm -hmm. And then in the skillet, you saute. You you crunch down those ramen noodles. And how do you do that without making a mess? Here's how. You leave it in the bag Mm -hmm. and gently without too much pressure because you don't want ramen to explode all over your kitchen is you use the edge of your counter and your wrist and you just lean into each edge of, you know, each quadrant of Mm -hmm. the bag very slowly over and over until you crunch it all up into little pieces. And then you put it in the skillet. You can either use butter or you can use vegetable oil, your choice. And put both um, crunched up containers of ramen in there, your almonds. Hold off on the sesame seeds. Yeah, they burn fast. They burn very quickly. So hold off on those to the end if if they still need to be toasted. And toast your almonds and ramen. And here's, here's the trick. When it looks like it's burning... That's actually when it gets good. Yes. You want it to get dark and you want some of the almonds to look like maybe they did burn a little bit. If you don't cook it till it it gets dark, it just doesn't have that toast. It doesn't have enough toasted flavor. It doesn't have the toasted flavor. And I find that it soaks the dressing up a little too readily and gets very mushy. Yeah. Right. Another reason you want to wait before you put the dressing on, but I'll get to that part. So add your sesame seeds at the very end. And then even while all of the, all of it's still hot and you're done, I pour it right on top of the cabbage and green onion. I just pour it right on the top and let it sit. And then I make the dressing and that is, and there's usually way too much. You can probably, you're going to have some left over unless you have a lot of dressing hogs, but this is how much I make. And this is really enough for two bags of cabbage, Mm -hmm. but it is one cup of sugar, mm-hmm. three-fourths cup of vegetable oil, mm. a half a cup of rice wine vinegar. You can mm-hmm. use apple cider or any of your vinegars. I prefer the rice wine. Right. And about two tablespoons of soy sauce, and that is it. Mm-hmm. And you shake it up upside down, put it in a container, and if you have an emulsifier or what have you, I just use a container and shake it, shake it, shake it. The key is if you're making this overnight, do not put your dressing in the refrigerator because the sugar will solidify. Mm-hmm. So leave it out on the counter, and you'll probably have to shake it a few more times. But that is all. So here's the thing. When it's time to serve, it will get soggy if you pour this on ahead of time. So you either want to wait and let your guests pour it on at their leisure and in the amount that they want to, or pour it on right before you're going to serve. And don't pour all of it on. Pour maybe half of it on and mix it up and leave the rest on on the side. Mm -hmm. Because when you take leftovers home, which I did, the salad is really only good for that night again any leftovers it's just way too soggy just like any salad for Mm -hmm. left like who wants to eat salad leftovers with greens in it it just gets they wilt so quickly yeah right so that's why i suggest not pouring it on at all um usually just do it on the side if you're if you want if you're making it for yourself to eat like at home over a few days Mm -hmm. to not pour the dressing on but if you're making it for a party and most of it's going to be eaten then go ahead Right. But I love it. I wanted more, actually. Oh, yeah. I was going to make another one. And you can just eat and eat and eat off of it. Oh, yeah. It's yum, yum. I remember that as a kid. I remember it being called Chinese chicken salad. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. I prefer yours because you don't put the chicken in it. I think it's a really unnecessary flavor. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't I eat chicken, too. Yeah. But I think it's actually way better without it. Surprisingly, so yeah. much better. It doesn't need it. It does not need so, it. So, yes, it's a great vegetarian dish. 
Do you ever put anything like carrots in it? Do you ever put an herb in there? Sometimes when I get um, the cabbage, depending on where I get it, it'll have pieces of shredded carrot Mm -hmm. in there. Um, I think I've done it before where I've added more shredded carrot. I haven't done it where I add cilantro or anything else, but that might be a good idea. Hmm. You know, maybe it would take taste more like the inside of your shrimp rolls. I imagine. Oh, I just wondered because I like putting I like putting fresh herbs in a lot. Right. Just because it's it's just another layer to the flavor, and a right. lot of times um, that's my secret weapon for making something taste that much fancier sure sort of like the difference between home cooking and a really good restaurant you can uh put an herb in there and it tastes like it's about it's i think i saw this somewhere they're like here's the difference between a ten dollar meal and a fifty dollar meal and it was just somebody sprinkling herbs Herbs on on top top. but it's very true yes (laughs) you are welcome to try it um i've i i think it's I like it how it is because I know what I want. That toasted almondy, nutty, oh yeah, um, soy saucy, sugary flavor with the crunch. Yes, it's kind of about the crunch. Another reason why you don't want to now have uh, it go over. Now she you... won't mention this, but this time, kids, she burned those almonds in that ramen a little I bit, bur- and I, I, I really liked it burned better. It. I thought it tasted, but I do like a little bit of burn on some right. of my food. This was really. This is the most I've ever burned oh, it. Man, I considered I it was throwing like it out. The best ever. I was like, but I'm oh, like, nah. this is the best she's ever made it because <laughs> parts of it were black, like charred. yeah. But I thought it tasted so much yeah, better that pretty, way. It was. It was good. So now I know. So if you burn it, don't throw it out. It's yeah. still going to be good. Yes. Just Espe- if you burn it, call Rochelle. She will She'll eat, it. eat it. Yes. Now, that's a, I haven't made that salad in a while because typically you make a, a slaw, mm-hmm. you know, with cabbage. So tell us about your, your slaw. Uh, let's see. Which one do I normally make for you guys? Uh, does it have a mango? No, it doesn't have mangoes in it. What's in it? Uh, well, I make no, two slaws that I like to serve with pork because they're very acidic and it cuts the fattiness of yes. the ribs. So one I call confetti coleslaw. And I, I just call it that because it's cabbage with the carrots and then it's every color of anything I can find. Is there red pepper in it, if yeah. I recall? Oh, okay. yeah. There yes. are red bell peppers in it, usually yellow bell peppers too, green bell peppers. That's the one. Green onions, purple cabbage. Like I just start finding colors in the produce section. Purple onions go in it too. And then, but sometimes you throw in a jalapeno and you, right? That is actually my pineapple slaw. Okay. Yes. Yes. So the confetti cabbage or the confetti coleslaw is all of those colors and crunchies and it gets dressed with a little bit of let's see so it's a mix of canola oil lime juice and rice wine vinegar with um sugar a little bit of sugar and some chopped up ginger in there or ginger garlic paste because I know that Karen doesn't like to bite into ginger. Right. So I'll use a ginger garlic paste when it's her uh, if she's going to eat it. So it's it's very light. It's very fresh. It's extremely acidic. But the ribs are so fatty and that's why the ribs usually taste really good because it's that first bite flavor over and over again versus... You get all the way through a rib, and by the end, your tongue is so coated in fat, you're not really tasting it anymore. Right. It's like eating too much ice cream. Yeah, just kind the of. Same. Yeah. It is. So the one that you guys, uh, you and Karen like, is when I make the uh, pineapple coleslaw, yeah. which is... Cuts the fat. Oh, it's, yeah. And it, it it's a little spicy, It's refreshing. Too. So fresh pineapple. And I think this is why it always seems to be so spicy, because I yeah. use a fresh pineapple versus a canned pineapple. Um, but you uh, either leave that in big chunks or you maybe take those giant fresh pineapple chunks and you cut them in half or quarters. Um, cabbage, carrots, green onions, yellow bell peppers in that bad boy, and slices of fresh jalapeno. No jalapeno in the jar, kids. Don't buy it and don't use it. That's my rule. I go, it's all out of the produce section. Um, yeah, that's where you hurt me is yeah. with the fresh jalapeno. <laughs> but it's that's so good. So instead of chopping that fine, I will slice those into rings so that you can find those jalapeno rings and pull them, them out. out. <laughs> and then I dress that. Oh, and I'll also add some chopped cilantro into that. But then yeah, that's good. the dressing is kind of the same dressing for the confetti coleslaw where it's the uh, seasoned rice vinegar 
and the canola oil and the lime. Uh, but then I will also put a huge handful of cilantro into that too. So it's like green. That oh, helps and to sugar. cut it up as well, mm-hmm. the cilantro. And the sugar um, and a pinch of salt into the dressing. And then I'll blend that up. And because of the cilantro that's in it, the dressing for that coleslaw is bright green. Right. And it's not a lot of dressing, so it doesn't tend to make it as soggy the next day. You can eat it the next day. We're older. And if we're going to have something as rich as like slow cooked pork, I I like to have a nice fibrous (laughs) coleslaw with it. It's good for your health. It avoids an upset tummy later on. I would agree with that. Yeah, Because sometimes the rich pork gives me heartburn. Like I'll wake up with uh, sour stomach in the middle of the night. Like, oh, I got a little heartburn. That meal was too rich because I'm old now. I say things like that. Let's talk about dyspepsia for a, a oh, moment yes. because um, <laughs> I had maybe eaten too quickly and felt full. So you gave me a digestive. Mm. Do you recall that? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I'm still. I recall. To... I drank a little more of it than you did and started laughing. Um, I'm still trying to place that flavor, and I think I had it in a doctor's office somewhere. Oh, probably. Just just to be clear. And although it did help with my lower, you know, with, you know, <laughs> that feeling, mm-hmm. getting everything to move, we'll say, that feeling of indigestion you get after eating rich food, it did not help, like, my... Um, my reflux and like oh, yeah. heartburn or yeah um ulcer feeling in yeah my chest or at the end of my duodenum wherever i have my I ulcer know at how to so fix it burn, that yeah one. it burns and that happens just as if i had done a shot of alcohol and that's why you typically can't do a shot of alcohol anymore because it hits a certain part going down my tube and i'm like and it's just a sh- sharp shooting pain and then, and then it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, I don't have any digestion problems, but I have this, you know, shooting you pain. You have an esophageal issue. I have esophageal issues, that is for sure. And that, yeah, it's not. It's so like, are what, you having a heart attack? You're not no, having you're a heart just, attack. No, you're not. But it's scary when it happens because it is a sharp pain. So what I uh, what I gave you was Fernet Branca. Yeah, which that's right. Which is a French, um, I don't know exactly what it is i think it's a digestive but i don't know it's very herbal find out i right think now. it has caramel coloring in it or whatever makes caramel coloring because it's i don't know how to describe it other than to tell you don't smell it and when i said to tracy don't smell it all she did was smell it like for 20 minutes i did uh because the smell is um assaulting to the senses and it tastes roughly like what you think fingernail polish remover is going to taste like based on that smell of fingernail polish remover but it will it'll it'll make a it'll make your stomach relax and feel much better fernet bronca is a brand of well it might be fernet and it's actually italian Says it's, oh, it's um, Italian? Well, that shows you what brand I know. Of I can't read the it's bottle. It's a style of <laughs> Amaro originating in Italy. Um, it's an Italian bitter. And it's often consumed neat as a digestif mm-hmm. in a cordial glass or as a mixing component. Um and they list a bunch of different drinks that use it. I don't care for any of the drinks that used it that use it. I've I've tried a couple and I'm like, that's not for me. I like it neat. I like a shot of it neat if I feel like I'm going to have any sort of like upset stomach issue. I'll do a shot of I'll do a shot of that neat. Yeah, a shot of it neat. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners that are wondering what the hell an aperitif is and a digestif, an aperitif is a small drink that you drink before, before the meal that yes. gets your appetite ready to enjoy what's about to come. And the digestif is for after the meal to get your your body to calm down after you ate too much right basically and and sadly that is what my barbecues are they are a celebration of food right Uh, i mean there's no two ways about it i do like fireworks and stuff but it was really dry this year so i didn't get any right well there's still fourth of july right we'll see 
Um, so yes. I'm actually hoping to get near edge a little more practiced with that bow staff. I got him for Christmas. So he can put on a show for us with fire. So he can put on fire. a show for us with fire in the backyard. I think you're just trying to have your husband, you know, light on fire. You want him to burn. You know, the really funny thing when he was practicing with the bow staff one time, and it wasn't lit on fire, but I watched him hit himself right in the back of the head in the bald spot with it. And I was like, well, it's a good thing those aren't on fire. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I know. I'm the worst wife ever sometimes. All right. So to accompany the ribs and our case masterpiece potato chips and your shrimp rolls oh, and my we slaw talk about karen we have to talk about Yummy. karen, karen oh, made God, so made good. an awesome potato salad yeah. you can potato salad is one of those things that is so easy you can screw it up and because of that i usually don't do a potato salad i'm afraid because you can mess it up with herbs or too much of salt, not enough salt, not enough pepper. Right. The wrong Overcook the potatoes and then it's like mashed potatoes with cold mashed, shit in But it. you don't Ugh. want them too al dente. Right. So yes, she makes an awesome potato salad. And then in addition to that, she brings in a little of her German heritage mm. with that. This is her mother's recipe, right? Yes. It is, what would you call it? It's, it's just purple, purple cabbage. cabbage yeah. But it's cooked in such a way. It's, it's, um... So we need sweet to sweet and her. tender, and oh god, it's a little bit that. vinegary. I don't know how to describe it other than it is delicious. We need to call her right I now. Want to call her right now and see. I put on her speaker. She's probably gonna think we're prank calling her. Here and we're gonna need both those uh, recipes. Okay. Hang on. Okay. I don't mm-hmm. know if she'll give them. I don't know. We'll find let's out. See. We'll find um, out. First, let's ask her about her auto's warranty. Hello. Hi, we're calling about your auto's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Karen. <laughs> okay. Okay, Tracy and I are recording the podcast right now, and we are talking about summer barbecue. And she has some questions, and I have some questions. And we're wondering if you have a few minutes of your time to donate to us. Sure. Good. Because you really don't have much of a choice. We, we oh, great. Okay. We want you to talk about your purple cabbage and where, where it comes from, the recipe, and how you make it. My purple cabbage? Yeah, we want to know how do you create that deliciousness out of thin air? Like, what's your yeah. process? We know it's your mom's recipe, so tell us a little bit about eating it growing up. Yes. family's life for as long as I can remember. My mom um, makes it with several dishes. And now, of course, my niece, it's her favorite dish. But, um, I mean, it's really, really easy. You know, you buy a red cabbage, you've got to um, shred it. Um, you know, after you strip all the bad leaves off, you just you just shred it. And then it's just a matter of pickling it, I guess, you could say. You it, know. it does have kind of a slight vinegar flavor. So do you use vinegar when you cook it? Yeah, cider vinegar. Oh. Um, Yeah, so it's kind of like a, yeah, it's like a a, a braised side dish. You know, that's what we mainly use it in or use it for. So you put it like in a a skillet or a pot with with vinegar and you cook it? Yeah, you just, yeah, you just throw it into a, like a Dutch oven. Um, I also use apples. I wondered. Yeah. Um. My mom's always like, don't forget the apples. And it's usually Granny Smith apples. Mm. And yeah, and then um, when I was little, I didn't like onions. And I certainly don't like because it, it calls for cloves. I certainly don't love cloves. So my mom would always just cut a half an onion and stick the cloves into the onion and then put it at the at the base of the Dutch oven. Um, mm. And then put the red cabbage on top of that and then just let it kind of simmer for quite a few hours. That's what I wondered if this was a long cook recipe. Yes. And then some bay leaves. Um, oh. Some people like my grandmother would put like star of anise in there, but that was something my mom's like, oh, that's sometimes too strong a flavor. So she would yeah. cut that out. Um, but yeah, and that's all you do. And then you just cook it for a long time until it's nice and soft. Um, nowadays, of course, I'm not scared of the onions. I, I still leave like a quarter onion that I stick my clothes in because I don't like, you know, who wants to bite into a clove? Right. Whole clove. So I still leave that and then I can fish that whole thing out. 
but yeah, you chop the onions and the apples, and um, I use Granny Smith apples because um, they have a little more tartness. But I mean, you could use red apples, whatever. Um, and you don't need a lot of them. It's just kind of to enhance the appley flavor in it, and that's it. And then my mom used to sprinkle just a little bit of of sugar in there um, if she was using Granny Smith apples. Um, just for that little extra sweet kick and then salt, pepper, and you're good. Do you think that that sugar cuts the bitterness that cabbage can sometimes have? Yeah, I think so too. I think I do think think that. Now, my grandmother also, apart from putting the star of anise in, would sometimes put a little bit of cinnamon in there. Hmm. But, I mean, at that point, it's just, you know, almost like a garnish as to what kind of a, um, a flavor you're, you're going for. Now, I recall... Um, at the barbecue, I don't, re- I don't remember seeing any apples or other pieces in there. Just the cabbage. Did you? I would think that they cooked down. I would Is that think it? that the apples, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and especially if you peel them. So they do cook down quite a bit. Okay, but they were in there, yeah? They were in there? Yes. There's definitely an apple flavor to it. And I, I wondered what that was. Just because of how much I make, you know, I just, because like Ryan and Xander, they don't eat red cabbage at all. They don't like it. Oh. Um, I grew up on it, so to me, you know, a pork roast and spetsla is just not complete without the red cabbage. We agree. I will say this. I've tried a number of different red cabbages, and yours, hands down, is the best I have ever had. You. Yours is the only one I've there. had. So Really? <laughs> well, then don't try any other ones, because they're no. all going to taste like disappointment, because you know what a good one tastes like. You know what authentic. that flavor that you want. So. I could imagine that your red cabbage with some with some yummy pan-fried sausages that have the nice crisp skin and they're all greasy and drippy would be a <laughs> stellar combination. Right. Yeah, and, and I said, I mean, you know, Germans eat red cabbage interchangeably with sauerkraut. Now, I'm not as good. I mean, it, it, the principle is kind of the same with the sauerkraut, but, like, my aunt makes the best sauerkraut I've ever eaten um, because it, too, is, is not... There's no crisp factor. You know, like if you eat sauerkraut here in the U.S., especially the type that comes on, it's very crispy mm-hmm. you know, when you bite into it. But my 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 aunt's isn't. It's It has almost the same texture as the red cabbage. So, you know, she cooks it a really long time with white wine reduction. And, mm. um, you know, she has it pickled for a long longer time. Um, so, and, and again, sauerkraut is not something that's, overly difficult you know once you put it in the vinegar um and sometimes you don't even need a lot of that you know you just have to keep um pressing it down pressing it flat so you need something really heavy to press it flat into whatever um um pot or whatever you're going to make it in Uh um she used to use kind of like a smaller dutch oven lid to push the sauerkraut down and you just keep um, leaving something really heavy on it until you know you until it cooks down, it, and then all those juices release automatically. Huh. Um, Sorry, and then had a throat add, burp. You add your vinegar to that, and just—I mean—it's got to simmer. She usually lets her simmer for a good three hours or more um, on the day that she's cooking it, and then you put your little seeds in there. Your what are those seeds? The caraway, caraway seeds? seeds. Yeah. Exactly. How long would you say that you let your purple cabbage simmer? Uh, my purple cabbage, I well, I usually, you know, start the, the evening before. Um, I let it simmer for two hours, and then the morning of, um, probably another hour, I warm it up. Uh-huh. It tastes better warmed up, like the second, third day, you know. Um, right, yeah. yeah. So that's, but yeah, that's what I do. It's, it's again, it's a long, slow process a delicious process mm-hmm. okay the now, other thing we got to talk about is your outstanding potato, potato salad. salad oh how do you do that my potato salad you know here's what's so funny about it. i i i actually don't like potato salad i have never liked potato salad my aunt the one that makes the absolutely incredible sauerkraut um that was just like her staple dish every time we went over to her place it was you know, those um, Frankfurter sausages uh-huh. and potato salad. That was her standard offering. It was to the point where I asked my mom, like, 
bacon in it because that comes through the yes. first bite that you take you're like oh what is happening on my tongue right now it's like potatoes and bacon are making love to my tongue your potato salad is so simple and it yet hard simple. to put your finger on because you're like what's in this besides i just appreciate that you're cooking something that you so don't even like really right easy. i mean i use yellow potatoes uh-huh. you know i i dice them up <coughs> i boil them and then I let them cool. And then I just, in another bowl, I, I kind of do the dressing because it's like a dressing. So I, I do a cup of mayo, um, some si- apple cider vinegar, um, salt, pepper, some, uh, well, the celery and the eggs come in after. Um, paprika, I put some of that in there. Um, Dijon mustard. And that's, and that's it. And then just, I whip it really good. Um, the key, I don't, I don't oversaturate it with the mayo. You know, I don't put, like I said, it's just a cup of mayo for the amount I need. So it's, it, it comes into this smooth, almost Caesar salad type dressing. And then I've chopped up celery. Um, I only use like not even a full celery, like a half a celery stock, just really fine. Um, some onions, and then I mix that with the potatoes and then I pour the dressing over it. And then I've, you know, got some eggs, uh, hard-boiled eggs that I cut up and put in there and then mix it all together. And last but not least, the, um, the bacon, fresh bacon that's been chopped up. Sprinkle that on there, mix it, yeah. and end it with some paprika, a little bit of paprika powder. Delicious. Uh, I wish I had more of that um, left over as well. I know. Well. She always that's brings like... over these tiny bowls, and I feel bad for thinking about running off with the bowl and hiding in a closet and just eating the whole thing and leaving you guys high and dry my thinking is it's it's enough for three people and you know even some leftovers you girls always eat like little birds so i'm thinking you know if i bring any of this crap home it's just gonna rot in the refrigerator because no one's gonna eat it okay this is the the, first time don't eat red in my 46 cabbage and (laughs) even the potato salad you know it's I think Ryan had a little bit at the barbecue and that's it. So I keep hoping that you guys will just divvy up the leftovers and oh, take them. See, I've never been you know, told in my life that I eat like a little bird. That's why I would leave such a small bowl because I'm like, well, I'm you know going to be sitting with half the leftovers in okay. my fridge. Well, there, it's such a small amount. I always think, oh, she probably wants to take some of this home. But now that I no, know that... I am going to eat more hog now. up all the leftovers yeah. and give Tracy a plastic fork and make her fight me for them. Okay, I will. Okay. <laughs> I had no yeah, idea. This yeah, this is the last time you'll ever take any home. Trust me. Yeah, I was, I was we just usually being nice. are like, oh, she probably wants to keep that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she brought, oh, she only brought this much. I better only take a little. Yeah, that's how I feel Because I really wanted to take more. But now oh, that no, I know no. you think I eat like yeah, a little bird, well, that is the best compliment I think I've ever had in my life, <laughs> that we eat like little birds. No, you eat like a big bird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of vegetarian. <laughs> mm-hmm. Karen, you have so many, um, you know, great recipes tied with your culture. I think we're going to have to have you on the show again. Yeah, we're going to have to do a cooking with Karen episode. Especially if you speak German or even French during it. Because you know, like seven languages, so. right? Uh, well, you know, my mom's the actual cook in the family. It's like uh, my sister. My sister's actually pretty good too. Like she can whip up a lot of a lot of stuff. While I was there in 2018, she whipped up a lot of stuff in the kitchen that was really good um, and easy. You know, 
really easy to make. Um, but I mean, everything in Germany is so fresh tasting. Um, it, just, let, it was a completely different experience cuisine-wise. I, I want to ask you your opinion on what I consider to be one of the strangest dishes that Germany has to offer. I just, it's not that it's not good. It's just that I don't understand it on a certain level. So I want your opinion on it. How do you feel about worst salad? Do you know, do you know what I'm talking uh, about? I can't figure salad. it out. Yes. So in Berlin, we, we lovingly refer to it as Moppelkotze, which is, um, Moppel is like a pug dog, and Kotze is puke, so it's oh. pug dog puke. Because um, it kind of looks a little bit like that. Yeah, you know? it's not the prettiest dish. No, but it tastes pretty good. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, depending on where you are in Germany, people eat eat it a different way you know most people eat just eat it on bread as like a like a very lumpy schmear i guess <laughs> what, what the hell is it i have thought of asking you to make it just to see what you show up with because i just don't understand it and i thought well maybe karen will make something like, then my betty like i know that it has mayo in it i think it might have well obviously and, and that's the thing. It's like the, the sausage, you know, Germans love lunch meat. I mean, um, you know, deli meat. Right. Uh, we, we eat that stuff. A lot of Germans don't even eat dinner. They they eat what we call Abendbrot, which is evening bread. Um, so, right. you know, Germans love to eat anything on a flat piece of bread. Pickled herring, apelkatze. Um, My dad used to like... Um, this uh it's like it's like meat and um i think peppers in a, like jelly based you know like almost like what what they call that aspic or something kind it's of yeah aspic. Aspic. it's yeah i i don't know but it's made like the half of it is like jelly and yeah um slices of that on on bread well so, i have to admit german bread uh, the German rye, they slice it so thin, but man, it's such good bread. Uh, I could get why you just want to put almost anything on it and shove it in your pie hole. Just hold it up in the air and, and try to cram it in. Because yes, that is good. I know that a lot of uh, GIs that spend a lot of time in Germany, when they do come back to the U.S., that's the number one thing they say they miss the most is German bread. Is is And then just everything from... You know the Brötchen, which are like the um, baguette-style rolls, to um, farmers' good farmers' bread. I'm a big fan of the uh, the uh, German. Um, I don't know what you would call it. It's a rye-ish, mm -hmm. and I get it at Old Heidelberg. But I do know that. I mean, you've got to really be ready to eat it or get it into the freezer. It stales kind of quickly, but it's lovely bread. Yeah. Like it's, a, I mean, it's kind of like we we call it. You know, there's gray bread, brown bread, um, farmers bread. Germans don't tend to, tend to eat like sourdough or, or a lot of white breads. Um, most of our breads are, you know, wheat or rye based. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, with some with some butter on it, and anything tastes good because Germans don't eat a lot of mayo either. Like on sandwiches, it's usually just butter, and. Um, and then whatever deli meats or lunch meats. Well, um, you know, the older German lady that I used to hang out with, Miss Maida, my favorite thing that she would tell me is what Germans wouldn't eat. And one day she looked me right in the eye and she's like, Germans don't eat watermelon. And I, <laughs> I, I never remembered to verify that with you, but I do remember she, she had a look in her eye that, le that let me know that that was not an opinion to be questioned. <laughs> And again, it depends. Yeah, it, it strongly depends on what region you're in. Um, now, in Berlin, I know that we we do eat watermelon. Not a lot, but we do eat watermelon because we have a lot of Turkish, um, you know, immigrants and, and that live in in the Berlin area, and they are the ones that introduce all the the tropical type fruits. And um, so, watermelon is actually 
very, very popular in the summer months. I know that my sister um, bought a whole bunch of watermelon for my my niece's um, daycare party, and um, I've seen quite a bit of watermelon. And then in the south too, like when where I lived in the Black Forest, the closer you get to like the Italian and southern border, <clears throat> the more you're going to get uh, to see a lot of watermelon and, and oh, other fruits. Okay. So, so that she was so, just speaking so for all was, Germans. Uh, yeah. she was, Yes, but it, but it was one of the funniest things that anybody has ever said to me in my entire life. Well, I love how the barbecue episode has now been co-opted into, you know, German culture, but that right. is totally fine. Yeah. All right, Karen, thank you for your recipes. We'll call you back in a little bit. All right. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, once again, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I'm totally okay that it got co-opted. But That's we should right. have her... I think we should have her on more often. I think so, too. And we'll just call those segments OK Karen. Oh, and God, that'd be great. <laughs> we'll just call her for OK Karen, and we'll just get a nice cultural segment on whatever. We'll How get do you her feel opinion. about that? Yeah, as a, as a... You're not really... We couldn't say as a foreigner, because she's not a foreigner no. anymore. She's been here way too long. No, she's, she's a citizen. How do you feel about this cultural phenomenon? But she's lived in many places, you know. Her, um, she was a she was a military brat, and um, so, yes, she's been around many places and um, speaks many, many languages. So, this is true. This is true. So... Finally, yes, I made a pineapple upside down cake. There's nothing extra special or fancy about it. It's your basic recipe. Well, let me ask recipe. you this. What? Your cake that goes on it. That's not a mix. That's a from scratch cake. Or is that a mix? Hmm. Does well, it taste like it's... It tastes like from scratch because from scratch does... It has a certain texture that I don't think is available in a mix. Well, here Am is, I wrong? Here is what I will tell you. In most pineapple upside down cake recipes... It will have, I think, one stick of butter and I think one cup of brown sugar. So you melt the butter and put it in the bottom of the pan mm -hmm. and then sprinkle the brown sugar. So I double that. Oh. I double that. And it might be that flavor that soaks into the cake. Because there does appear to be a density to it that uh, your average cake mix just can't offer. So I yes. wondered. So I think it's the extra butter maybe that mm. you taste. But no, typically it's just easier to get two box cakes and do it. Oh, yeah. I've no, done I'm a both. big fan of the cake mixes. I mean, honestly, yeah. you uh, you can make cakes from scratch. Yeah, it's at the home, same but thing. You know what? It's Your the same baking thing. powder can sometimes run out of oomph and that will definitely you affect your it. cake mix whereas your box cake mixes that's usually a much fresher baking powder that's in it so they they're lighter i've done it both ways yeah and um you can't tell the difference either way hmm. so it's just easier to do the mix so it may be that trickle down effect of turning it over and all of that richness running that's through the exactly cake what itself it okay. that's exactly that's why i try to do i do the cake in the morning mm -hmm. so when i come it's like still warm when i transport it usually so it's still like in the dripping down process. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, so that's the soaking what I do phase. Yes, because I like that gooey, that gooiness that gets on the bottom and soaks through. Also, I do prefer the pineapple rings. But if you can't find the rings, there have been other people. I think there was a run on the rings. Everyone was going to do a pineapple upside down. Somebody must have put it on Pinterest. Exactly. So I just use chunks and then put the cherries around it. But mm -hmm. yeah, everyone likes it. It's a big favorite. Yes, my, my husband certainly likes it. I'm surprised he didn't snatch it out of your hands when you walked in the house. Well, now I know uh, I have to bring... He couldn't see what it was, though. So. Cool Whip next time. And not whipped cream. He wants Cool Whip, He right? likes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that stems no, from, to self. from my old recipe of I wanted pineapple upside down cake. I didn't have a recipe. I was entirely too lazy. So I just made a yellow cake. And then in a dish on the stove, I was like, hey, there's a can of crushed pineapple and a stick of butter and some brown sugar. Like I knew what... Yeah, and I just poured it on top of was just too lazy <laughs> and then i put cool whip on that and then i put toasted coconut on that and he went ape for yeah, it he I was bet. like this is the best cake i've ever had yes i bet he loves pineapple so he does i love it too well with that said um this concludes our episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, right. if you have recipes, any recipes you want to share, yes, we will share yours. We will we will try them and eat them. Or you want to send me anything? Yeah, I'll take that. If too. you want to just send right. us some food, DoorDash me some. some food. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd try that. You know, we'll it's funny. Um, 
the older I get, the less I eat out at restaurants. Just because True. two facts. I like my cooking. And number two, I like the food fresh and hot. And one thing that the pandemic did was make it so that you had to bring a lot of food home. And I'm like, ugh, by the time it transports home, it's, it's cold. Soggy yeah. Or cold. Especially if you do like DoorDash or Uber Eats or anything. Right. Things. So I've yes. just gotten really good, especially over the last year, of trying a bunch of new and different things and they're so so good i think our next barbecue is going to have some interesting some items flair some new flair we're going to try some different stuff so yes questions comments concerns write to us at feedback at galpodcast.com that is feedback at galpodcast.com send me something besides spam no that's all i'm getting i like spam because if you chop it into tiny cubes and fry it it makes really good fried that is the only kind of spam i do like Mm, that's the only way i like spam well except for spam musubi but yeah all right that's enough about that spam's a whole other episode (laughs) bye